Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Casser les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent. Thank you again for coming and listening to uh, this podcast uh, that is brought to you by Breaking the Lines. Of course, uh, we had a, a nice little fun doing a, a space where, on Twitter with Baptiste and, and Ben and, and Tom. And thank you guys again for, for coming in and talking about the Mercato, uh, the transfer window in Liga. And thanks to everyone who actually listened to the space as well. It's really It was really cool and we'll probably do a few more of them um, maybe to get ready for the Champions League, for example. Uh, anyway, today we're going to talk about Liga and Liga almost exclusively. Uh, we're going to talk about, of course, the match they just gone this weekend, a, uh, another very entertaining weekend in Liga. Uh, a few surprises and uh, and some clubs finally waking up when we expect them to. Uh, ten games, of course, as usual, a plethora of goals uh, and a few, uh, like I said, a few surprises coming from the bottom of the table. We're going to go and jump in straight away in all the games, but to start with, as usual, music. The first game of the weekend was Marseille versus Angers and what a game, seven goals scored at the Stade Vélodrome. Uh, Marseille, you won that game 5-2, 60% of possession for St. Paul's men, 18 shots, 8 on target and for Angers, 4 shots and only 2 on target, the two goals. Um, the goal scorer were first Fulgini at the 8th minute and Ben Taleb at the 11th and then for Marseille, Milik with a hat-trick at the 18th, 70th and 78th minute. Gerson at the 21st minute. And Senji's Wunder at the 85th minute. We had simply a fantastic game at the Stade Vélodrome. I mean, at least for the uh, OM fam to uh, to start the weekend. Uh, you know, I think anybody supporting OM at the stadium or on TV uh, went through all the emotions during that game. But, uh, but at the end of the day, of course... We're happy. Um, as far as Angers go, you know, they, they probably look to still be reeling a little bit from that cup loss before the Christmas break uh, against that lower tier team. They've only won once since uh, it was against Troyes. They're not in a in a great run of form. They started well at the Velodrome, you know, despite what I said um, in the last pod where I said that Angers was going to be one of those teams that parks the bus when they come to play against Marseille. And that's why it'd be hard for Marseille to beat them. Uh, that's not what happened. Um, it was it was Angers coming to play football and they play football well. And it didn't take too long to see them being rewarded for playing that brand of football. You know, we know that Marseille struggles at home, but yeah, like I said, usually they struggle when they play against a low block. But against Angers in the first 15 minutes, they, they just basically weren't able to stop their opponents, um, clearly said. They, uh, you know, maybe it came from the change of tactics. Uh, Marseille was playing with two strikers for maybe one of the first time of the season. Milik and Bakambu were playing up front. It was more a 4-4-2 than it was a 3-4-3. Um, you know, there was Charlie Tatsar, Luan Perez and Rongier were left on the bench. So Gerson had a bit of uh, game time, but also Balerdi and the new um, signing Kolasinac were playing in defense. Those three actually, Gerson, Balerdi and Kolasinac, were actually um, guilty of a miscommunication eight minutes in. Um, f- to bring the, the first ball, a ball, the first ball, excuse me, a ball that landed in the box between those three. Uh, and they kind of took a little bit too long to be able to clear it. And then by the time Jason, uh, tried to hit that ball away, it bounced on, on Fulgini, who then was just able to beat Paolo Lopez from close range. So, you know, this maybe explains that. 
but next thing you know, three minutes later, uh, Nabil Bentaleb, the former Tottenham Hotspur midfielder, who was already involved in the first goal to build up, uh, harm a shot from the edge of the box and then buried in after a, a deflection by Boubacar Kamara. 2-0 at the Velodrome in 10 minutes. There's not a lot of teams who can pride themselves in achieving that. Uh, but unfortunately for, for Bacicle and for his side, um, you know, they just weren't able to keep it that way. Um, you're in Marseille, uh, you know, you, you win to zero, you need to do better. And actually, um, I'm, I'm like quoting what Batikl said after the game. Um, in the press conference, he was saying that the main issue was that they weren't able to keep that score to zero long enough. Um, not everybody can win to zero in Marseille. And then when they win to zero and they are still able to keep the ball, it's not the time to risk being surprised by a fast counter attack. And that's what happened. Uh, those are Gerard Batik's words, and it's exactly what happened, you know, and seven minutes later, um, a swift counter-attack that was led by Genduzi allowed Milik to win his 1v1 versus Petrovic, Petkovic, excuse me. And then four minutes later, it was Jason who scored from uh, distance, and, and then the game was back at level within 20 minutes, which, you know, all the efforts that Angers has had put in place to to try and disrupt this OM team early on, all of a sudden were all, um, you know, reduced to nothing. And then from there on, Marseille was actually able to play their football, were able to force Angers to to stay in their half, um, and then they started creating the chances as usual as every game with maybe a bit of lacking in the finishing. In the finishing, excuse me. Uh, that's until the last twenty minutes, and then Milik finally found the way to the net, and then twice in the last ten minutes. It is, you know, unfortunately for Angers, just a bit too much for them at one point. Um, the work was finished with a, a masterful volley by Sanchez Under from outside the box. Uh, the velodrome was like a volcano in eruption at that, by that time. Uh, I think the fans, you know, were, were just happy to see that their team was able to actually come back from uh, zero to down and, and score goals and keep scoring goals. Uh, I mean, they hadn't seen five goals at home since 2018 and a win against um, Lille. So they, they had reasons to be happy. It was good to see Marseille able to do that. Uh, I mean, you got to feel for Angers, though, that's... Uh, that's a tough loss, you know. They they really seem stunned from from two one onwards, um, and despite the return of Buffal in the starting line, and and despite the, the team, you know, seemingly being where they're supposed to be, um, they just got completely overwhelmed uh, from the moment Marseille was back into the game. For Marseille, it's of course an important win, uh, you know, with two signing in the starting lineup uh, and a new tactic that that really seemed to give Arik Milik a little bit more of a way to express himself and, and also that reminded everyone that he is one of the best strikers in Liga at the moment. Um, it's a win that they can count on. They have a busy week upcoming. You know, they're, they're going to Nice a uh, month after the, the incidents that we know. Um, they're going to play uh, Les Aiglons in the French Cup uh, quarterfinal midweek. And then at the end of the week, they are going to Metz as well. Uh, a couple of games that, you know, not, not easy to um, to manage. And there's obviously a clear um, a clear goal if you if you beat Nice you're in semi-final and now you you might be winning the, the Coupe de France which is a trophy that has um, eluded Marseille since uh, I think it's 1992 the last time Marseille wins the Coupe de France um, so that would be 30 years this season uh, it's, it's, a good, it's good for them to think about it and then if they do get a result in Metz they'll comfort that second spot that they now um, stolen back from Nice um, Angers will be hosting Strasbourg next week which is not the best way to, to bounce back, but I guess they, they'll have to make do. Uh, we're seeing a little bit better with, with Buffal back in the uh, animation, in the creativity up front. I mean, of course, Brahimi left, um, but Buffal was always uh, a bit of the playmaker for, for Angers. So 
hopefully we we see him going back to the form that he was at the beginning of the season that is back from the AFCON and that he is completely available uh, for Les Angevins. But yeah, 5-2, 7 goals, what a what a way to start um, our Ligue 1 weekend. Next game up uh, is, is our first surprise of the weekend. Saint-Etienne winning 3-1 against Montpellier at Geoffroy Guichard in Le Chaudron. A very, very important win, of course, for, Palca, for Pascal Dupraz and his men, you know, the, the Dupraz, Dupraz train, or oh, I'm struggling to say his name right now, the, the Saint-Etienne coach, Dupraz. The Dupraz train is on, uh, you know, after trailing to Montpellier early, Les Verts were able to reverse that situation in the last 10 minutes and they're getting their second win in a row. They're now only two points behind uh, the next team uh, in, in Ligue on the table, which is very, very important for them, of course. Um, Montpellier, you know, still without their captain and playmaker, Teji Savanier. They still did the job early on. They put themselves in the best position um, by scoring early uh, by Wahi after after a great build-up. Um, but unfortunately, that, that wasn't enough. Um, so, sorry, I didn't um, say it, but Saint-Etienne finished the game with 27 shots, 8 on target, a 61% possession. Uh, so it's a, victoire, it's a victory that's deserved. Uh, Montpellier with only 3 shots and 2 on target. Uh, and yeah, the goal scorer is Wahi for Montpellier. And for Saint-Etienne, it was... Um, Hamouma, Nordin, and uh, Kazri, all in the last 10 minutes of the game. Um, so yeah, back to the game uh, after that that goal, Montpellier, you know, they decide to sort of ease up the pressure. Of course, you're winning 1-0 um, in Le Chaudron. You know that they have to score, so they're going to push. So you can sort of wait and, and try and operate in, in counter-attack. Um, and it worked for, for most of the game because they're able to they're able to take it. Saint-Etienne sometimes is not the most, um, is not the most, I guess, Creative is not the most inspired offensively, um, so they were happy to to leave them the ball, and then uh, they could count on Omlin uh, to to push back the attempts. I mean, in the first half, a few saves uh, in front of Buanga, in front of Kazri, and then in the second half, he, he denies Kazri again, uh, just back from the break. So you know, they they really think that they can hold that score without their captain. In Saint Etienne, unfortunately, that's uh, that's when things starts getting a little bit less uh, nice for Montpellier. Um, at the 70th minute, a few subs are going to have a, a big impact. Uh, Omelin, to start with, the goalkeeper is injured, which means um, Ber- Berto is going to put his gloves on and come in and, and be the keeper for the last 20 minutes. And then we see Hamouma, who's back from an injury, coming in for Saint-Etienne. Uh, and I didn't take long, only 10 minutes for Hamouma to show you know, his skills. He, he's not young anymore, he's 30-something. 30, 30 um, but he's got a, a beautiful right foot and a, a perfectly weighed shot from the edge of the box. Uh, just ended up in Berto's top corner, nothing that the new entrant could do. Um, Saint-Etienne clearly were galvanized by the equalizer and just kept pushing. Um, and then Northern would just be the hero in injury time. Uh, first, by running in the box and swerving the ball himself in the opposite side net. And then two minutes later, by eliminating two defenders on the left wing, coming into the box and then offering the ball to Kazri on the first post, who, who just had to tap it into the empty net. Uh, for Montpellier, you know, the, the pill might be hard to swallow, uh, but clearly the, the defensive efforts sort of, you know, left a bit to desire in in those last 10 minutes. Uh, Saint-Etienne, of course, it's all positive. You know, you had the new signings playing in defense, uh, Falai Sako and Elakwim Mangala, 
Bernardo New was in goals, um, and they showed a little bit more smart and a little bit more, um, I guess, maturity defensively with with those players, and of course offensively, the return of Kazri, Yamuma, Budebuz, and, and Buanga, all all were in Afcon for the month, um, is doing them, you know, a world of good up front. You know, they they scored three goals this weekend. That's as many as they scored in their last eleven league and games. Um, so their confidence is going to be pretty high right now, and and they're traveling to Clermont next week. Um, a third win in a row would most likely uh, bring them out of that 20th spot that they've occupied forever now. Um, so Saint-Étienne is on a is on a good ride, and uh, you know, kudos to Dupra. I, I know that's why he, he got you know taken at Saint-Étienne. He's the man for this kind of job. Um, I don't know that he's the man after they they stay in Ligue 1, but if they can stay in Ligue 1, he would have done a, a hell of a job. Uh, as far as as Montpellier goes, uh, you know, of course they're going to welcome. The return of Savanier against Lille uh, at the end of the week. Uh, the, he was out for four games uh, and now finally is going to be back. It's not been a great four games for Montpellier, um, losing in the um, Coupe de France and, and not getting the results they wanted in Ligue 1. Uh, it's not going to be easy to to beat the LOSC at the end of the week, but because both teams now need to bounce back. Um, but I think, you know, playing Lille a few, a few days or even maybe we can have, sorry, before the Champions League, um, is also maybe the right time to, to play them because they might have some, some doubt of their own. Uh, but yeah, Saint-Etienne surprising his little world, um, winning a second game in a row. Uh, it might be time for them to, uh, to actually go into that survival mode and, and to get some much needed points if they want to stay in Liga. Monaco against Lyon was the next game last year. This was the kind of game that, was going to decide who would finish second on the table. Now it's a game that decides who's not going to be, um, you know, dying into the middle of the table in 21-22. Uh, uh, and Monaco won that game 2-0. Um, the goal scorer Jean-Lucas, the former Lyon midfielder at the second minute, and of course Ben Yedder at the 27th minute. Um, Lyon with uh, 19 shots, 5 on target, 64% possession. Monaco with only 10 shots, 6 on target. Um, and yet Monaco gets the win because that's how that's how they're going to play. I think under Philippe Clément, uh, Lyon, who's not showing you know many signs of getting better, um, despite that late the late win midweek against uh, against Marseille at home, uh, their series of seven games uh, without without a loss, although it was a bit unconvincing, uh, it kind of seemed to have uh, taken a turn for the better after they were able to come back. From that, um, you know, one one nil down and winning the Olympico at home, we thought, you know, finally it was the moment where the OL player understand that, that to win the game you need to to put the work, you need basically uninterrupted effort and real teamwork. But unfortunately, there was none of that this weekend, and and Lyon was falling back into their mistakes. And as early as you know, the first twenty minutes of the game, Monaco did pick them out early. Uh, ben Yedder and Job were able to combine maybe a little bit too easily. Uh, at, at soon as the first minute, and then the, the former crossed the ball for um, OL former OL midfielder Jean Lucas, uh, who scored with his with his head. I think it's his first header since he joined Liga, maybe, and, and ended up being a goal. Uh, Twenty minutes later, it was Benyedder who scored his fifty first goal since joining Monaco in twenty nineteen uh, with a nice little chipped ball over Anthony Lopez. Between those two goals, Lopez had to be um, you know imperial. He had to deny. Jetson Martins, he had to deny Jean Lucas. Otherwise, the score had been much worse within the first 20 minutes. And it's terrible to see that, you know, Lyon wasn't able to actually um, hold the fort early on. They slowly, slowly woke up after the half hour mark uh, and, and almost came back into the game actually at the last minute of the first half. But Maripan was the one who saved his team on the line. 
at the halftime, uh, Peter Boss, of course, knew something had to be changed. Um, he had experimented, you know, to be honest, in, in the lineup. Uh, Dubois was like the right centre-back in a three-man defence, which is clearly not his position, and we saw it. Um, so at halftime, three changes are happening to, to sort of remedy the situation. Uh, Gusto come out, Dubois played onto the right side, and the team goes back into a 4-3-1. Uh, and then Fevre and, and Dombele end up playing their first minute with uh, with an OL jersey on their shoulder this season. Um Unfortunately, it doesn't change much at first. Job is the one who almost scores the third goal uh, very early on. Uh, and then the club of the principality basically sort of gave a possession to the opponents and, and proceeded in counter-attacks only. Um, they started, you know, getting offensive players out. Volan comes out, Gerson Martinez, Martins comes out and, and they get an extra defender, an extra midfielder. Lyon, you can see the game changing slowly, like most of the ball going through Ndombele, Ndombele, first minute back, uh, Laxon almost um, imposed himself as the playmaker again. Paqueta, not in his good day. I mean, he's not in his good month since the beginning of 2022, uh, but just not able to actually make the difference. And then Lyon, at the end of the day, really barely bothered um, Nubel in that second half, um, besides that last minute effort by uh, by Habib Keita. Not a lot um, that Lyon actually could have done to come back into the game. Um, so Monaco happily uh, took the three points and and made sure that they keep their race to stay into the the European spots um, while Lyon is just, uh, although they had come back like six points behind, now they are again um, putting some space between them and the, the second and third place. Kind of looks like Peter Boss just isn't playing, you know, his football and he's trying new things like almost every game. Um, like, like against Marseille, for example, midweek, that first half was, was appalling. Um, and so was that start against Monaco. It looks like, you know, the players like Ndombele, Paqueta, Fevre, Kakere, I feel like they would benefit from the total football that both was supposed to uh, put in place in Lyon. I don't know why it's not happening. Uh, you know, hopefully once Ndombele is all set, we are going to see a little bit more of it. Uh, but as it stands, Lyon is letting Monaco pass in front of them on the table. And now they sit seventh with 34 points, Legon. Eight points behind third place Nice, and they're going to play Nice uh, at the Copa Stadium next weekend. So it's obviously going to be a very important game because if they can't beat Nice, then they'll be eight or 11 points behind Les Aiglons, uh, which is the last thing, of course, Lyon wants. As far as Monaco goes, it's a very good run at home. Uh, you know, a run that they hope that to extend this week because they're hosting twice. They're hosting um, second chair team Amiens SC in Coupe de France. And then they're hosting Lorient on the weekend. Uh, Monaco is on a good dynamic. You know, they, they're not doing great away from home, but at home, uh, they're taking the points where it matters. So Philippe Clément is, is you know, globally on a positive um, start at Monaco. It's just, uh, just hope for them that it's going to keep that way. Lorient Lance, another surprise, is the next game a 2-0 win for Les Merlus. Uh, Lorient, 65% position for Lance, though. Uh, eight shots either side, but Lorient was able to put three on targets and, and score two goals. And Lance with not one shot on target, uh, zero. And if you don't reach a target, there's no way you can win. And of course, Lance uh, knows that. The goal scorer, Sambu Sumano, again for Lorient at the 43rd minute. And Ibrahim Akone, the new signing at the 76th minute. 
there was one red card given during that game to uh, Kahuzak from Lens. It was given while Kahuzak, while was on the bench, uh, complaining about that second goal. Uh, Lorient, you know, of course, gets a crucial win against Les saint uh to pull themselves out of the bottom of the table. Um, Les Merlus really frustrated their opponents all game, defending, you know, with their usual aggressivity and counter-attacking with Lorienté and, and Mofi leading the charge. Lance tried to play their usually attractive football, but, you know, as the stats show, if you're not able to reach the target, um, and if you're, I guess, a little bit less solid than usual defensively, then you're going to struggle to, to put a team like Lorient off balance. They did apply the pressure early, um, but unfortunately, like almost on the first counter-attack um, from uh, from Lorient, the first one that went all the way down, uh, they got punished straight away. Um, Les Merlus, you know, they... They, they just play the, the game that they should be playing. I think when you play against a team against like Lance, who, who we know how good they can be. Um, so if you're just, you know, going to make sure that Lorienté and Mofi are put in the best position to use their speed, um, you, you'll get the results. And that's what happened. Uh, the counter attack led by Lorienté, uh, ended up with a, a cross for Sambu Sumano and the 21 year old striker just, um, didn't hesitate and, and put it in. He still doesn't have a name on his shirt, um, Sumano, because he's uh, probably not completely professional yet with his number 32. Uh, yet it's his third consecutive goal uh, after doing so as a sub against Lille and Nantes in the last two weeks, uh, two games that they had lost. Uh, yet he scored and now he starts the game. It's his first time in the starting lineup against Lens. Uh, and he's able to score and, and then to get the win, which is, which is good for that young striker. Uh, Lance, you know, you would expect them to wake up just after that. You know, the goal comes just before halftime. Uh, unfortunately, they just didn't have the inspiration that we, we expect them to have, I guess, week in, week out. We've been so impressed by Lance, of course, since the beginning of the season. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, it was, it was Leca that had to do bit more work even in the second half um a shot on the post uh and a couple of saves he had to he had to work to make sure that the score remained 1-0 and then um Ibrahim Akone uh, as soon as he came in came in at the 75th minute and literally with his first touch of the ball under the orange jersey um he just had to tap in the ball after a, a shot from Stefan Jara that was deflected uh Kone just tapped the ball tapped the ball in the empty net and uh 60 seconds with your new shirt, one touch, and then you score your first goal already, uh, which, you know, is, is only the best way to make sure that you're accepted in your new club. Uh, like I said, the, the red card came just after that for Kavizak, uh, who was complaining that there was a foul in the lean, leading up to that, to that goal. Uh, and the referee had enough and just, um, sent him off in the aftermath. Up to zero, 50 minutes left to play. Lorient just kept doing what they had done all game, which is, you know, defending and, and playing in transition. They still, made it to create a couple of chances. Uh, but 2-0 would be the last game. Uh, Mathieu Dreyer, the, the goalkeeper, uh, after that goalkeeper saga, Lorient during the transfer window, uh, he completed his first game on, on the, um, in goals this season. Uh, and he got a clean sheet. So it's good for, uh, for motivation. It's good for morale, I'm sure. Uh, last year, he, he wasn't necessarily better than Nardi. Uh, but maybe his experience reassures um, the defense. Uh, anyway, Lorient, we're going to have to keep fighting against that relegation threats. Um, they're going to travel to Monaco this weekend. It's not going to be easy. Um, and in the meantime, Lens will try and revive their European hopes by hosting another struggling giant, Bordeaux. <laughs> 